0: I think I found my love a desert
1: boy. Hello and welcome to I wish I wrote that song A podcast where we talk to songwriters and artists about themselves songwriting and a song they wish they wrote They'll then play a cover of the song for us at the end of the episode I'm Keith Wyatt one of the founders of Indie Kitchen an acoustic sessions website and a small record label based in Cornwall in the UK
2: and I'm David Glover, a writer, record producer, a musician, and owner of Tesla Studios, a recording studio in Sheffield. We hope you enjoyed our previous episode featuring Sam Brooks
1: and Willie Mason. Thanks for the positive feedback. We've had a number of people asking for more of The Call with Willie, so we've decided to publish a mini episode of The Chat with him.
2: It will be available in the coming weeks. Send up to our mailing list at iwisher.thatsong.co.uk for announcements. Also, check out the website for more episodes
1: and Spotify playlists of the songs mentioned. For this episode, we spoke to Alessi's ARC, which is the brainchild of Alessi Lauren Mark. After various formats over the last 10 years or so, Alessi is now joined by multi-instrumentalist Jason Santos. Alessi's Ark have released four albums to date. The first, Notes from the Treehouse in 2009, through to the most recent, Love is the Currency, released in 2017. We spoke to them about recording the first album in Nebraska, the new EP, Truth,
2: how faith has recently affected their work, and of course, the song they wish they wrote. It's a song from 2018 by Dawes.
1: D-A-W-E-S. Welcome to "I Wish I Wrote That Song" with Alessis Ark. Hello, Alessis Ark.
3: Hello. Hello.
1: Thanks for coming on. I wish I wrote that song.
3: Thanks for having us. Pleasure.
1: Yeah. What have you been up to?
3: What have we been up to, Jason? Uh, We've been building... To the post office. We've been to the post office today. A real serious update. um, And we had a distance chat with my mum and dad in their garden. was lent an anorak. But of (laughs) late, we've been writing quite a lot, which has been fun. And you've been building planters uh, for our little balcony. Mm. Trying to grow stuff.
1: Failing mostly, but trying.
3: Definitely making, yeah.
1: So you said you've been writing... Are you writing new material? Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, don't know what the body of work will well whether we're working towards something at the moment because everything seems so sort of uh, transient. But yeah, we've written quite a few songs. We did a kind of scratchy recording for a um, for a new song the other day, and our friend Charlotte, you know Charlotte Carpenter, yep. um, she's decided to put out a, a charity EP to raise funds for the charity that works very hard to well. I suppose, ultimately end domestic abuse called Refuge. And last week we streamed a short set for a fundraiser, which was fun, actually. It was across quite a few blogs, so it kind of seemed like an online festival. That's going to be called Rough Cuts.
1: So how's it recording? Because obviously now you two are writing together, I presume. Yeah. Obviously Alessi's arc's gone through various transitions over the years. Mm. Um, How's it different writing with Jason, even?
3: It's wonderful.
1: You've got to say that though, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> right I
3: here. do. <laughs>
4: That's the right um, answer. If he can
3: tell you what it's really like, I'll just go for a stroll around the block. Um, well, I find it really, really helpful to work with Jason. He has a completely different approach to even notes um, because you studied music and it's not just a kind of, I don't even want to say like a dyslexic maze because I still don't even, I don't have dyslexia, so I don't know what that's like. But when I when I look at a keyboard, I find it really difficult to, I can come up with an idea and that's amazing and I'm thankful for that. But sometimes finding the pattern or finding the notes again can take a, a day unless I take a video of it. And sometimes even with certain picking parts on the guitar, because it's kind of, very simple knowledge that i have on there despite having played it for a long time now sometimes i can get to quite challenging mental compartments um if i can't quickly notate it in my own language so sometimes i have a song and it will cook for a couple of days and i think hang on a minute i don't even know where that whole pattern began because i just don't know music like he does and lots of other people That's so sometimes it's,
2: beneficial yeah. though isn't it
5: it's it's quite a good mix um, yeah. Because sometimes I feel a little bit restricted by going for like the rules that I kind of know. So it's quite nice to have the other
1: element that alessie has got, and it's sort of like, oh, I didn't think of that. So how's your writing, Alessie, changed over the years? Because obviously you started playing drums. Yes. And then you were very much self-taught on guitar, weren't you?
3: Yeah.
1: Where do you start when writing songs? Is it with a, a melody? Is it with lyrics? Is it? Does it vary?
3: Um. Yeah. It does vary quite. I'd say most of the songs start as poems, either written or just sort of phrases and then they'll start to grow and they'll grow uh, in my mind and then I will, I don't want to say I find it because I really still don't know where music comes from, really. It comes, some days it doesn't, some days it can't stop and it's difficult to do anything else but just get these ideas out. But most of the time songs start as words and then a melody will come and if i'm lucky then i'll find the chords immediately on the guitar but it's not it's not often that a song will start with the music it's usually words and a melody i can hear it then i try and do it justice on a phone recording or if i'm if well right now we're very much together but if i'm if Jason's working away or we're not together, then I'll send him some sort of scratch vocal, and then we can build around there. But usually it starts with words, and it's it's always been like that. I'm trying to think. There've been some songs that I've written. Well, that recently, cut the I cord. think
5: the demo you did the other day. I think you were noodling with the guitar part, weren't you? Yeah,
3: that's true. And then it came off the back of the guitar. I guess it's uh, mostly words. Sometimes inspired by instruments and uh there's been a bit of recycling of parts there are some songs that um some sections i should say have hung around and kind of haunted me that we've been able to repackage and rework and that's that's quite satisfying we think ah, oh, that thing that was hanging around when i don't know I was 21 um now approaching 30 it's a bridge yeah. you know it's really fun when when these things that are just seeds and sometimes It's quite nice to know you've got a couple of things up your sleeves, but sometimes you really want to just let them uh, get out and breathe. And so it's great when we can revisit those.
2: So you're going to play us a song? What song are you going to play for us?
3: Yeah, we're going to do a song called God. I've never written so clearly about faith, but it was really on my heart. I had two friends in mind when I wrote it in the cabin. Jason was fiddling around with something, probably building something, and I came in and it just has a few chords, very simple, a song that kind of came as a complete story at once. Let's go for it.
0: My brother wrote me last
1: Thanks both, that was good. Yeah, thank you. You've obviously over the years worked with some pretty different and disparate producers as well. How have they affected the way that you've gone about writing and recording?
3: Good question. Well, I think for the most part, when I made my first album, I was so in awe of Mike's sensibilities. This is Mike Mogus, who, who's... Did you
2: work with Bright Eyes and... Yeah. Yeah, they're legendary. Um, Amazing. Yeah, yeah, they
3: are, yeah, and... He knows that I'm, like, all-out massive fan of everything he's done. And I think when when I have occasionally listened back to some tracks from Notes from the Treehouse, my mum is a big advocator for playing our music off of all devices to help us with our streams. Um, so often when we have been around, it's like there's one old song playing upstairs and then there's a new, slightly newer song playing in the kitchen. Um, and when I have listened to these songs, I can hear that I'm musically feeling everything out and I find it somewhat excruciating. Maybe that's normal to hear yourself at 17, 18 and think, oh, you know, because I can hear how shy I am and maybe how just note-wise or how really when I think about it, how now I like to live with songs a bit longer. Some of these songs, I think they could have cooked a bit longer. It just happened that that was the time we were making it. We were in the room, everyone was available. They were feeling it. That's amazing. And I just thought, I don't know how I'm here, but I'm going to do my best to make the best record we can. So I think in hindsight, some of these songs maybe could have taken a bit longer lyric wise, or perhaps I could have gone to a couple of different chords, but I'd say that working with him he made me feel comfortable but I wasn't comfortable. I was 17 and that's awkward I think yeah. for all must be really people.
4: Daunting.
3: Yeah, and I was there because legally um I was a minor so I was also working with people that were much older and you know knew each other very well and they were incredibly warm and one of my closest friends to this day was still part of that nucleus Jake Bellows I was there with my mum and um, I'd never been to Nebraska and it was somewhere in my mind that I had kind of painted along with like appreciation of Springsteen but like all these incredible records, Rilo Kylie, The Elected, uh, The Faint and I thought, wow, this is it, this is this place, this town that all these people grew up with and had a very beautiful and authentic connection to. So I guess a lot of these things were just like dropping and landing um, it's quite amazing you make it a record at all because I really was just like a record shop boffin that thought, I don't know how I'm doing this but I'm here making music with people that I've been looking up to and writing about in my nerdy little magazine. But
2: It's deserved that you were there for a reason. In anything you do, you can look back and feel like it's nowhere near as good as you could do, or it's a bit embarrassing or cringy, um, which is not, yeah. not. I'm just not talking about you. I'm talking about in general. Like I've, When I've done records, I've listened and I'm going, how did I even let that fly? But that's just part of becoming good, isn't it? That's kind of
4: mastering yeah, something definitely. and the, the
1: craft
2: of it.
4: Do you
1: not think that there is a point when something is far enough in the past that you can actually listen to it reasonably honestly, or or it's almost as if it was someone else. And so you can be a bit more objective about it.
3: Yeah, I think so. I think now I'm getting there. Glover, I feel like you've just cracked the case of years of counselling. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> honestly, because that whole kind of, um, I mean, I can laugh about it now and like truly counselling and faith has been a big part of it. But for most of my life making music, because of starting really just finishing my GCSEs, I've, Uh, now I can laugh but I could say quite seriously struggled with um, like you know imposter syndrome however you want to call it this feeling of just like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't deserve this. What am I doing? But I should be enjoying it because it seems like what I want to do. But actually, I'm terrified. I feel like there are other people that're better than this. And that's just been like an over, like arching. Um, I could have been an opportunity for a pun because of being in the arc, but <laughs> overarching um, <laughs> pain and like there's a solitude do, to making music. And, yeah. and, do you think and, that's?
2: Do you think that's kind of part of being an artist as well? Is that? <laughs>
3: Now I really realise that, yeah, because I could talk to Jason who's had a different, you know, voyage through music and that's been part of how he's felt in sessions or when you've been involved with projects that have been Mm. longer lasting than just the old day in a studio working on a record. I think it's part of it. As soon as you, I don't know, whatever we're aspiring to, but I think as soon as you feel like, oh yeah, I nailed it, I'm a fantastic singer or da-da-da, then...
2: I think it's Dylan that said, you've always got to be in a state of becoming, haven't you? You've, like, you're mm. never there. You've always got to be in a state of becoming, otherwise, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, the point that you think you've nailed it is time to give up, surely.
3: Absolutely. And go into accountancy or something. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I listened to Notes from the Treehouse yesterday again for the first time in a in a little while, and it's still you know okay. It sounds fresh and it's but it sounds it sounds you know without saying naff. It sounds honest. It's not contrived, uh, and I think that was a that was a massive appeal of your music you know your music early on and still is obviously. So
3: yeah we just like honesty here and we like to keep things short my dad always says like you could stick another chorus there you know go around that bit again I'm saying no, that's it we said it
2: Yeah, that's my favourite thing when I'm producing is someone gives me a song or a demo I'm like what can I cut how can I make this show what can go
3: that's it you need to refine it yeah yeah
1: So the podcast is obviously, I wish I wrote that song. And without getting onto the song you've chosen at the moment, how are you, or are you influenced by the songs that you really love or, or the artists you really love? How do you think that's had an effect on your own, own songwriting or production even?
3: That's a really good question. Do you ever find that sometimes it's hard to know how much the production of songs that you love inspires you versus what the song is itself, because it's all, I always find that songs are very much about context you can listen to a song that played in a pub on the guitar could um, be so-so and then placed like in front of the right mic with the exact perfect snare sound and the right gang around it with a mutual vision, you think whoa, that's the song that's gone from so-so to that's just slayed my heart I think sometimes it's difficult to know like what components have made it be something that stays with you for so long and then goes on to inspire you to write music.
2: Often, I think production-wise, uh, structure-wise and instrumentation-wise, without even the lyrics or the actual song being there, that can mm. evoke an emotion anyway, can't it? Like, mm. I, I often don't li- listen to lyrics or take notes lyrics unless they're really good or really bad until like I've listened to the song quite a bit they're not the first thing that comes to me anyway is the actual song the
4: music Mm. is me
1: first I think you're right it's not often a whole song a whole gig a whole album it it can just be a chord change it could be one line in a song
3: Mm. one lyric Mm. that can kick you off Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even just people's vocal breaks, what maybe they would have thought of, oh, I need to do it again, it's not the take, is exactly the reason why you listen to that song again and again and again.
1: So, the podcast is called I Wish I Wrote That Song. So what is the song that you wish you wrote?
5: The song that we'd wish we'd written, which took quite a lot of whittling down to get to, Mm. is Crack the Case by Dawes. D-A-W-E-S.
3: The Los Angeles-based, kind of CSNY, but modern take, Dawes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it did take some whittling down. Are you guys familiar with that song? I am now. I
0: will do your
3: interview Try to
0: explain what I'm going through Give you something to read into In a million different ways A sick version of telephone Starts at the clip of the microphone A game we thought we had all outgrown But still everybody plays Ignoring all of the remedies, believing all of the rumors, with their endless database.
1: So, why did you choose that song in the end?
3: Okay, well, we started going out around the release of Passwords, which is the not last record, but the record before, and. I suppose just our relationship um, blooming, we also just talked a lot about that record and how much we liked it. Um, There's something really almost uncomfortably, but also very comfortably voyeuristic about the lyrics. He just hits you right there. It's like we're suddenly talking about a very close friend breaking up uh, with her husband. And uh, he's talking also about the cross at the end. He's like, what about if we revisited the Calvary and actually just forgave each other? Maybe nobody would have to pay this price. And just really devastatingly beautiful lyrics. And um, I like how it really sounds as if Taylor's like, Got an attitude with whoever's interviewing him. Um, he says, You know, what is it that you want from me? I'll ask, you know, I'll answer open, honestly, whatever that means. I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I, it's hard hitting. And, um, and I love how the musicians, the, like his bandmates, are so sensitive. The drums yeah. are never overpowering, the guitar is never overpowering. He leads the way.
5: everyone has got just the right amount. It's just, it's just so well balanced. And yeah, I just I just really appreciate, yeah, the musicianship on it. I think.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's very classic, isn't it? It's very mm. kind of. Yeah. It's sympathetic to the song.
5: Yeah, but absolutely. it also still sounds like you know the guys playing are having a great yeah. time doing it whilst letting you know the lyrics come across.
2: Yeah, a really good arrangement as well, isn't it? Mm. In the production as well, Jonathan Wilson, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, who is, yeah,
2: was fantastic.
3: Yeah, he's he's yeah. just a he's a force to be reckoned with. 2012 I saw doors twice in a week And I can't believe it was that long ago. I still recall (laughs) these gigs. as being like, oh, it's a brilliant time. Sort of feels like, at the most, right, be five years ago. Couldn't believe it was that long ago. But one of those shows, so the first was at Hoxton Bar and Grill, just one of their gigs. And then the second show, they said, oh, you know, if you can come down to it, it's going to be at the borderline before they had their refit. So it was a bit like a sort of saloon in there. It's always been a fun venue and really fitted to their kind of 70s style and everything. And their instruments and everything and um jonathan wilson opened up which was a delight and then out of nowhere jackson brown came on and and it just kind of seemed with eyes shut that you know you we could have been somewhere in the states listening to that or jackson brown at his height touring
4: they're very
3: um generous musicians because they could all shine and solo at any point those guys but they are they know their place and it's very Beautiful to see a band. I mean, you know, I don't know. Well, you wouldn't want to ever sort of upstage Jackson Brown, but that it, it really wasn't about them. And I really, um I just thought it was beautiful.
1: It reminded me, or, or they, I guess they, as a band, in a way, remind me of that. As you say, it's that kind of mid-seventies, mid-late seventies kind of Michael McDonald and
3: Jackson yes, Brown
1: kind of sound.
4: Yes,
3: exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's who my mum. Because I talked about this to my mum, and she said that was who who came to my Michael McDonald, um, and even the smoothness of um, of some of uh, Jerry Rafferty's songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I know is not part of that scene, but just that you lie back and you just sing like like right down the line a song like that that just moves over you. It's like eating chocolate. <laughs> It feels so, I don't know. Chalk is probably not the best way of describing it, but just like an effortless, perfect song with a lot of meaning. It's not kind of caramel, like like it's corny. It's just perfect. And it's, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, just a perfect song that makes you think about other fantastic other songs as well.
1: I read a quote by Taylor Goldsmith actually about his songwriting and he said he, he sometimes feels like he's making movies about movies um, mm. in writing his songs, which I thought was quite an interesting.
3: I mean, that is kind of what they do, isn't it? They make songs that are like movies about movies. like It's spot on, yeah. It kind of, yeah, so that's a really fantastic quote.
1: I know you say you've seen people in an audience reacting to a song.
3: Yeah, there's a couple of people that come to mind. Oh, There's a really lovely guy that i've got to know actually over the last few years who had been really he had been really struggling uh, mentally and he hadn't really been going out of the house but he started in his kind of baby steps of going out again to shows the first show he'd been to for a while was one that um i played with uh, Charlotte at is the cafe in Birmingham and he just really wanted to push himself to meet people and he didn't know anything about either of our music but he thought, it's up the road I've really got to do this otherwise I'm never going to get out again and off the back of that and sort of realising actually live music's great and in fact some people are even singing about the way I'm feeling I think I need to do more of this and getting to know him over the years like he's unstoppable like he's making music he's going on planes to go to places to see music and that's been a really great kind of listener friendship relationship to have and there's been a few other people that you know, maybe we've all been there but have just felt like they've been living in a kind of prison and then live music can be that place of like, wow, it's a key, I don't have to feel like this, or I can stand in a room with 150, 1,000 other people that actually feel like this and then all of these songs are our medicines to a certain extent, so... Yeah, I'd say we don't. I never really have a light conversation at an ARC show. <laughs> it's usually... Um, <laughs> and, and then you get really, like, specific requests about, like, is that a moog? Do, 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 do. people yes. like to ask yeah. um, synthy s- questions? spaceship
5: behind me, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he said that the song was written on tour. Oh. Yeah. There's this romantic idea of writing on the road, isn't there? But no one seems to do it. Do you write on tour?
4: No. Everyone's usually
5: knackered, aren't they?
4: Yeah.
5: yeah. It's because we're probably all crammed into, like, a five-seater hatchback. Yeah. With
3: gear. Yeah, like yeah. Like this. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever written on tour, but I, um, I, I have been on tours where people were writing around me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think it feels like everything's moving around too much. I'd say it's the time to research or maybe where, like, yeah. perhaps what he means is on that tour. He was kind of piecing the track together. But uh, in terms of a song coming to, like, full fruition, I've never experienced that. And you you haven't either?
5: No, no. Um,
3: you're always driving. You, you, you're, I'm usually
5: driving, that's true. Right. Yeah, <laughs>
3: driving and... Yeah.
2: Like is is writing to you quite a solitary thing, and being on the road, that you're not you're never really solitary, are you? Really, there's always someone around you. You don't really get time to be by
5: yourself
3: and. You need, you need quiet, that, don't whatever, you? But I, like I would anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And
5: normally there's too much going on, and you you can't you can't focus.
3: Yeah, we're very similar. We both need uh, more quiet than no quiet, and yeah, talk talk yeah. talk. Not to write it off as being you know our least favourite activity no, but no, it's no. quite overwhelming you are with people all the time mm. you, you're together which is wonderful but you're always together and sometimes you need to have space and get ready to be excited for a show and then when you get to a venue you're with lots of people and then you're playing for hopefully people will come and you want to chat and you want to be fully there listening, able to to talk and catch up with people that you've got to know over the years I underestimate the amount of time that you need to kind of mentally recuperate, not to sound precious and ridiculous, but just like, it's a weird thing. You're standing in front of quite a lot of people for, you know, a number of nights. And then and that in itself is a bit odd. Not many other yeah. trades do you do that.
2: Has this song in particular affected how you write? Does it affect your writing at all? Does, do you think it's affected the production that you approach, the sound? If that was a question. No, that's at a all. brilliant question. <laughs> no.
3: I'm just considering all the parts. <laughs>
2: I gave you a lot of parts. No, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> all right.
3: Um, I, I like that it doesn't rush. So lyrically, mm. I think um, "Wives" was I think the first song that I really wanted to tell a story and and that you'd be able to read it. And you wouldn't need the song as a context for it to make any sense. It's not like, oh, once you hear the chorus, you kind of understand what the first verse was about because of the way mm. it's coming together. That really re- reads like a poem. And I think that's something I really like in other people's songs. I could never be a fisherman's wife Waving a and- I suppose I admire and maybe I'm taking note that actually maybe let let's try writing more songs like that where you're not rushing and it's okay to repeat because it's quite a repetitive song and sometimes that's actually a really powerful tool to reinforce the message whatever we're yeah. trying to get across instead of Oh, let's just keep everything kind of changing slightly, even if it's just a bit, just just for the sake of it. Let's just keep making everything slightly original, slightly more unusual. Sorry, uh, until the song finishes. Actually, yeah. there's something really powerful about hearing a very similar melody again and again, and really following a, a story through, and not just being kind of snippets of thoughts here and there. So
2: yeah, the story is really powerful in the song, yeah. isn't it? It's when I first heard it, I was like, oh, this is nice. Mm. It's, a, it's a nice sounding song, mm. good song. And then the more I listened to it for this episode and read up on the lyrics and listened to the lyrics more and more, it's like
0: this is.
3: Yeah. Nice yeah.
0: I wanna sit with my enemies and say we should have done this sooner. While I look them in the face.
3: When he talks about um, the enemies, like, I want to sit at the table with my enemies and say we should have done this sooner. Oh, I I feel convicted as a bad person, like, just, you know, um, I get really sad when I hear that, thinking about how some friendships or relationships just, uh, they aren't what they used to be or they've, 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 fallen apart and sometimes you can't even put your finger on it and it's not because of one thing or the other but that line I don't even know whether it's connected to what he's saying because I don't even consider the relationships that I think about when I hear that line as my enemies but just that feeling of we should have done this sooner that line yeah. hurts I'm like oh there's a lot it's
2: a song about compassion mm. and you know allowing other people to be different and have different views yeah. and you know like, I can't remember the actual line where he talks um, about I think there's, I'm sure there's a line about forgiveness isn't there I can't remember the actual
3: At the very end he says we should call off the Calvary like there'll be no winners or losers, and forgive our shared mistakes. That's it, and I think that's yeah. it. It's that it's the way that he he puts across the message of like we've got shared accountability in this. We've all messed up in every single thing we've ever done, uh, in some yeah. way. You know, whether it's been a look we've not meant or we have meant. Oh my goodness, it's just. Um...
1: And I guess it's set in a time when the world is so polarized, and it's we live in a divisive times, don't we? Mm. So with um, the likes of Trump in the States or here with Brexit, etc., You know, it's been very challenging times and very polarised times. So I guess this song is a comment on that in society in general, I suppose.
3: Ha- absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I've just finished a chapter in a book called The Four Loves by C.S. Lewis, which is a part of a collection of him. I believe they were radio discussions that he had in the 40s, but they've been uh, transcribed so you can read them as a collection of books. And... Um, i just finished a chapter on friendship because he describes the four loves. So there's like romantic love, there's a spiritual love, there's friendship and then actually I haven't got to the last love yet so I'll report back on that. But I was really (laughs) struck, not just by the sort of, beauty of his language because I mean we just don't speak the same as then I mean there might be some people but I certainly well I wasn't around in the 40s I don't believe any of us were but I just that the, his his formalities and his respect is powerful but he talks about friendship and along the same lines as what we're saying and, and we talked about it yesterday because it struck me. He said good friends can make us better people but bad friends can make us worse and, and I thought how he describes how when we're in our groups of friendships because we more often than not, probably share similar worldviews, might even be in similar jobs or, you know, uh, communities, that often we can be a bit of a powerhouse or a force amongst ourselves, and without realising it, maybe, I don't want to say we become snobby because I don't think that's what it is. It's just you kind of uh, you're isolated in your worldview, and, and until
5: with other people that agree with yeah.
3: yeah, with other people that agree, so you don't really pull yourself up sometimes on certain things. And he, and he just says how it's so important. You know, that's part of the power of friendship is that you know you kind of choose each other, and we can have friends with people that are not you know haven't had the same lives or don't pass time in similar ways but more often or not we share the majority of our interests and I, I stopped I was like whoa we need to hang out with each other we all need to hang out with each other like even that in itself can be quite dangerous if we're just hanging out with people that are interested in X, don't know where any of this is going but that song got me thinking about this chapter in that book of just about mm. how friendship can be a really powerful beautiful positive thing and then if we're not even opening up our minds to how the experience of life can be for some other people within our friendship circles it can be it can add to that division that's that's what i'm trying to say
0: um
2: i think we should mention truth which came out last month
3: oh yeah oh yes yeah why not
2: how did how did that come about? did did what was the process Ooh. of recording truth? Um,
3: well, Woman and born free, um, that feature on the EP, they were two separate singles that we thought would sit in this body of work. Um so woman is a is pretty old, um but we revisited it with just a new perspective and and there's a lot of J sonification yeah. I've never used that but it feels like a term now <laughs> so it's quite synthy has a
1: different sonic landscape <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: absolutely a different sonic landscape um, yeah. so that featured on there yeah. but it sat nicely and Born Free was a very minimalist for us mm. single and it was the start of I think the sound that would be kind of displayed, conveyed, portrayed, those are some different ways uh, shown through uh, Truth because we both really like putting a lot in songs, but some of our favourite songs that we have nothing to do with have very little I going think, on. Yeah, the least. Um, and so it was really the kind of the sparsity in those two songs that then thought, oh, actually, on the basis of not putting too much in, you know, woman, there's very little going... There was very little happening in the original, but uh, it's still pretty laid back and minimal, this new version, and Born Free is just your...
5: It's guitar and vocal. It's then. guitar
3: and vocal and some strings, really, isn't it? At the end, yeah. Yeah, and so... um And that felt quite brave and bold for us because we, like, drum kit and everything.
2: Do you find it difficult to, like... To to have things stripped back and really minimal. Sometimes yeah. just a guitar can be enough, but
4: mm.
2: sometimes you just have to bring textural yes. things to it, don't you? And like you say, the strings that do that that yeah. you don't kind of want yep. to overtake. It's like they're there, but you don't want to notice them that they're there. They're yeah, just absolutely. keeping your emotions. Um,
3: the French song on the EP, La Vérité, that was kind of inspired in approach of how a lot of French films there's very little distraction like the sound direction in a lot of films is what's powerful like there's sometimes not very much dialogue mm. the actresses are nearly always beautiful but they don't often get glammed up there's not a lot of distraction and um, the sound direction always is always brilliant a lot of like mm. the comedies when you think of Jacques Tati it's like something will be very powerful in that it will be like a lady halfway down the road but the way she's walking is funny just because like her tapping is exaggerated or there's something somebody with like a squeaky door like there's not that much to work with but it's because it's not this kind of bombastic set with you know crazy soundtrack and a lot of a lot of action that you realize this is a brilliant film it's making me laugh or it's breaking my heart because i can really focus Um, so it's quite difficult, actually, it is true, to decide what those components will be to make it a, a powerfully to the point song. He's up above. He
4: always was.
3: I will say, because I feel like I've got to... Well, I don't have to be, but I want to be a bit more forthcoming, that it's the first um, collection of songs that I've ever written about faith. And I felt like I had no choice inside, and Jason was really supportive, just like, well, if you want to talk about these things or present this this other element, you know, um, then then do it. And um, I, I just hope that the, the main thing that people will take away from it is that there's great hope and there's a great need for compassion like you're saying and all of these songs are are hopefully like very sonically delicious you know, little ideas, thoughts, things to hold on to, particularly in these times I mean it's funny because we I I had some trepidation I know know that um, for a lot of people the idea of God or having a Having faith, or you know, believing when, whether whatever kind of denomination it might immediately yeah. turn some people away. A lot of people have had very difficult paths with, with religion, and um, and I, I, you know, we went in knowing this, and I, I was a bit nervous, but I also felt like I also want to say, and I've always been honest in songs that faith saved my life, and I thought, well, that might be a place to start. And maybe it'd be worth even just dropping a seed in somebody's th- you know mind of thought, oh, I've never thought about life like that, or there might be an overarching reason why certain things happen, or- All you
2: can do is write your truth, isn't it? And, yeah.
3: Uh, um, and so... your
2: message, and that's, that's all you gotta do. Like, I don't think you should be self-censoring. If, if you're writing what you're writing, you're writing what you're writing.
3: Thanks, Glover. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> let's go to the bar when we're out of isolation. <laughs> yeah. You're all very encouraging. It's
1: true, though, in writing songs in lots of ways, isn't it? Is that, you know, you can't go out to write a hit. You can't go out to, um, you know, be artificial in a song in any way. So obviously the the lyrical or the Mm,
3: spiritual mm.
1: content has to be honest as well.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: Alessi Ark. you're going to play Crack the Case for us.
3: Yes, we are.
1: Thank you.
0: I will do your interview Try to explain what I'm going through Give you something to read into in a million different ways A sick version of telephone starts at the clip of a microphone A game we thought we had all outgrown, but still everybody plays Ignoring all of the remedies, believing all of the room With their endless database I wanna sit with my enemies And say we should have done this sooner While I look them in the face Maybe that will crack the case A friend who's been thinking about Finally kicking her husband out His second life as a talent scout Finally got him caught While she was throwing out all his clothes She heard a voice from behind the throne. Punishing for the life he chose But forgive the past that he did not it's really hard to hate anyone once you know what they've lived through and once they've given you a taste she said this is for you to overcome but i will always love you in her perfect state of grace Maybe that will crack the case Now that we're through with formalities What is it that you want of me? I'll answer open and honestly, whatever that means. Finding out that we occupy somebody else's apals inside. On the banks of some great divide, two versions of a dream. can revisions of history, trying to tell us the future. Between each commercial break, I wanna call of the Calvary declare no winners or losers and forgive our shared mistakes. They can pick the time and place. Maybe that will crack the case.
1: That was great. Thanks very much. Great version. Thank you. So um, how did it feel approaching... Actually, recording this song, which is for you, is obviously a a classic or a really important song.
3: Oh, Jason's patient. <laughs> um, well, we,
5: we, we tried just doing like a piano vocal, kind sort of direct cover. Yeah. Um, but in the end, we've kind of opted to do like an archy version mm.
3: mm-hmm. of it. Mm. Good. So, yeah. You were really helpful in finding another key because I also realised that, I've, you know when you're just casually listening to a song you've got no pressure of actually properly singing it I was like, yeah I can't really sing where he sings it at, at any point because he's got a beautiful voice but it's quite low so I was struggling to sing the whole song higher yeah, some of it was a bit low And so um, your master buying knowledge Well we
5: just went up a couple of steps
3: There we go. We went up a couple of steps. And that's why we've got a song, guys, because if we hadn't, it would have just been like a lot of squawking. But um, yeah, it's been great. It's quite sort of, as it stands, quite celestial. There's no guitar. We attempted guitar at some point, acoustic, then electric, didn't feel right. And at the moment, it's literally like a wall of different key sounds and vocal. And I feel like it gets even... I won't say more because we can't touch that song. That song's what it is, but it um, equally mm. kind of draws you to the attention of listening to the words. Um, yeah, mm.
1: the narrative yes. of it. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So,
1: Alessi's Ark, thank you very much. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for, thanks thank for, for coming on.
3: Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm Alessi.
5: And I'm Jason.
3: And we're Alessi's Ark.
5: You've been listening to our episode of
3: I Wish I Wrote That Song
5: featuring Crack the Case by Doors.
3: The hosts were Keith Wyatt and David Glover. If you
5: enjoyed the episode, please leave a review of your podcast provider and share it with your loved ones and spread the word.
3: Please keep your eyes and ears peeled for future episodes.
0: Just like
4: they-